Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the Bears Brothers podcast and postgame show, the place where Bears fans across the globe hang out online after every Bears game. Now get ready, because it's time to bear down. Welcome back, Bears fans, to another episode of the Bears Brothers Podcast. This is your host, Will DeWitt, and I hope that you're hanging in there after Sunday's loss to New England. I know that coming up short like that can be both disappointing and encouraging at the same time. After dropping two straight after the bye week, the Bears' backs are officially against the wall, and the next two weeks are must-wins. But let's take this one week and day at a time. And of course, today begins our Week 8 preview as the time has come to meet this week's opponent, the 3-4 and four New York Jets. To help me do just that, I sat down with Joe Caparoso, the owner of TurnOnTheJets.com, who shared some tremendous information about the team heading into this week. So without any more delay, here is that conversation. Hey Joe, glad you're able to join us this week. I want to know, how's it going? Uh, it's going very well, thank you for having me. Thank you for taking the time to come on this podcast. I'm just going to dive right in. I have about a couple handfuls of questions for you, and I want to go right ahead and begin with the rookie, Sam Darnold. So far, he's had an up-and-down season, which, of course, is typical of most rookie quarterbacks. Last week against the Vikings, it was a rough outing against Minnesota. One touchdown, three interceptions, about 206 yards. And obviously, he's still getting comfortable, not just in this system, but playing in the league in general. But I want to know, like, you know, you've been able to watch his young career so far. How would you assess his play and what qualities give Jets fans hope and what are some of the qualities that are maybe concerning so far? I think it's been about as expected. He's been up and down. He, you know, I think he was the youngest week one starting quarterback in the NFL since 1970. And basically, you know, very generally, he's had four good starts uh, and three pretty rough starts. Those have kind of mirrored the level of defensive defenses that he's played. He had a really productive game uh, against the Colts, Broncos, Lions, and Dolphins, I would even say, and then struggled a little bit against Cleveland, Jacksonville, and last week against Minnesota. I think what's been encouraging 
about Darnold is that he plays aggressive and he's not shy about attacking down the field and he doesn't have, you know, the best or the healthiest supporting cast right now. Uh, but he's still been aggressive in pushing the football down the field. He has six touchdowns uh, of 20 yards or longer this season. Uh, the problem has been the turnovers. I think it's been a pleasant surprise how he's avoided fumbles. That was a big problem for him at USC, but he has still racked up 10 interceptions through seven games, which is obviously a much higher number than you'd like to see. Not all of them have been his fault, but I would say considering some of his interceptions that have been dropped, that 10 number is fairly representative. But Generally, I think Jet fans have been really encouraged and excited about what they've seen. You're playing him his rookie year so he could learn through these mistakes and this team could be ready to compete more seriously in 2019 and 2020. So uh, there's been progress week over week. This is going to be another good test for him on the road against a good defense. He's going to make a couple mistakes, but he's also going to make some big plays. Absolutely. Good stuff there. And it looks like he has a brand new weapon because I just saw that some news broke that the Jets, they have acquired former Titans wide receiver, Richard Matthews. He was the Titans leading receiver in 2016 and 2017 with almost 1800 yards and 13 touchdowns. Um, but he kind of struggled this year with the new offensive scheme in Tennessee as we released. Uh, now he's a New York jet and looking at your wide receivers in general, it's been a, you know, a problem area for the Jets. Uh, there's been an issue with staying healthy, and the lack of talent on the field is evident, especially last week, because I think receivers only brought in about one-third of their 21 targets. So I want to know what are your instant expectations for Matthews, and in what ways have your wide receivers struggled so far this year? Well, I think considering the state of the Jets' dev chart at receiver, Matthews is going to have an opportunity to contribute right away. The Jets' leading receiver this year has been Quincy Inouye, but unfortunately he was lost to an injury against the Colts. He's going to be out this week and probably out for a few more weeks after that. Terrell Pryor had been productive in spurts, but was then released under somewhat suspicious circumstances. The Jets claimed it was an injury. Now Adam Schefter's claiming Pryor is actually healthy and ready to play. Pryor had actually been pretty productive and caught a couple touchdowns, but was still released. So I'm assuming whatever the off the field issue was, it, it was pretty bad. Does a robot know you like a neighbor? Insurance Corporation will fulfill requests to cover anyone, anything, anytime, anywhere, with most standard algorithm, in the order it was received, please hold. Robots don't know you. We do. At Farm Bureau Financial Services, getting the insurance coverage you need always starts with a conversation. Find a Farm Bureau agent at fbfs.com protect. It's your future. Let's protect it. Uh, outside of that, you have Robbie Anderson, who's been a little inconsistent, not as productive as he was last year, but still one of the better deep threats in the NFL. You have the veteran Jermaine Curse, who had a really big game two weeks ago, had nine catches, but last week was shut out against the Vikings. And then really after Anderson and Curse, Matthews is probably right there in terms of getting reps. Really the only other guys the Jets have are really special teamers and Andre Roberts and Sharon Peak. And that really hurt Sam Darnold last week because two of those three interceptions came when he was throwing to Roberts and throwing to Peak, guys he didn't really get a lot of time throwing to over the summer. So I, I would expect the Jets to continue to feature their tight ends heavily in the past game, including rookie Chris Herndon, who has a touchdown each of the past two weeks, but also have Matthews really get up to speed quick and get involved in the offense. 
Makes a lot of sense to use those tight ends when you don't have a lot of talent at wide receiver. And that's something we had here in Chicago last year with Trubisky. He was playing with, like you said, practice squad backups. It was uh, it's very hard to run an NFL offense with talent like that on the outside. Uh, but uh, getting back to the point, the Bears defense, uh, you know, they were a dominant unit. At least we thought we had one uh, at one time leading the league in sacks. But ever since the bye week, they've only been able to notch one sack in the last two games. This season, the Jets are about middle of the road in terms of sacks given up, about 17 this year. I want to know personally, like, how worried are you, if at all, about your pass protection against this Bears pass rush? And, and looking at that offensive line, where have the protection breakdowns kind of came from? I mean, definitely worried. You never want your your rookie franchise quarterback going against Khalil Mack and sure. uh, a front as talented as the Chicago Bears. I think the Jets' offensive line has been probably a little better than most expected. They've been about middle of the pack. Kelvin Beecham and Brandon Shell, the starting tackles there, okay. Uh, you know, they bounce between you know being about league league average with a couple better than expected games, and every now and then we'll we'll struggle against a more top tier defense. Uh, in the interior, you have Spencer Long, who struggled and is banged up, may not actually play uh, this week. And then at guard, you have Brian Winters and James Carpenter, who have been pretty steady over the past few years when healthy. So this is about a league average unit, maybe slightly below league average. Uh, so I definitely think the Jets are going to do what they can to have Darnold get rid of the ball fast, see if they can move the pocket for him at all to protect him from Mack and the rest of the Bears' front seven. Sure. I mean, that's been the recipe to success against this Bears' defense. Miami did it. Green Bay did it. New England did it a week ago. So it does seem like a very good strategy there. Um, and, of course, a young quarterback's best friend is a strong ground game. And looking at New York, they do have some decent numbers with 112 yards per game on the ground. Uh, the carries are pretty split evenly between Crowell and, uh, of course, Powell. Um, but Crowell, he's been inconsistent. Uh, he's been held under 40 rushing yards in five of the seven games. But in the other two, 300-plus yards and, of course, three touchdowns. So, And I also saw that uh, Powell, he has a neck injury. So I'm curious to, uh, in terms of the running backs, what should we know about that unit heading into this game and what's kind of behind the inconsistency and then, of course, your level of concern with out half of that backfield? Yeah, I think similar to receiver, this position's banged up. Crowell's been less than 100% since his massive game against Denver. Powell left last week early with a neck injury, so we're likely to see more of Jets rookie Trenton Cannon, uh, who had a big catch down the sideline last week. Um, Outside of that, I don't think they're going to add any more help. I think Powell's status is still up in the air, but it will likely be Crowell and Cannon as the top two backs against the Bears, which is definitely concerning because Powell uh, is really the Jets' best back in pass protection and best back in the pass game. Uh, So they're going to feel that absence there in particular. Sure. And looking at the season as a whole for this offense, uh, in the three wins, the Jets are averaging over 41 points per game. I want to know, is there like a common trend in those wins that are leading to you know such success? And they've turned the football over. I think when you look at what they did against the Lions in week one, uh, Darren Lee returned an interception for a touchdown, returned another interception that set up points. Andre Roberts also had a punt return for a touchdown. So defense and special teams generating points against the Colts. Morris Claiborne had a pick six right off the bat, uh, which helped get them on the board. Uh, So the weeks that they've ran up the point totals, they've been forcing turnovers uh, and having their defense and special teams set up points. And they've also had Sam Darnold hit some big plays down the field against Denver hit Robbie Anderson for two touchdowns uh, of 30 yards or longer for quick points so it's really been big plays Jets have been able to rack up points like that makes a lot of sense all right let's go ahead and just switch over to the Jets defense here in New York they have 15 sacks so far this season which is tied for 20th in the league 
I want to know, is the Jets defense actually applying pressure maybe a little bit more consistently than the sack number indicates? Uh, I wouldn't necessarily say so. I think pass rush was the biggest concern for a lot of fans going into this year. The Jets really lack uh, a dominant edge presence. They've had a couple big games uh, where a guy like Leonard Williams, you know, will all of a sudden bust out and, you know, grab a sack and constantly be in the backfield. But they've been a little inconsistent in that area in terms of getting after the quarterback. And they have a real tough time getting to the quarterback unless they dial up blitzes uh, with their defensive backs, which, of course, leaves them a little more exposed on the back end. Yeah, absolutely. Is there maybe some players up front that you want to see more out of that maybe Bears fans should know heading into this week? I mean, Leonard Williams, I think, is a very good starter. I think he fluctuates between just being very good and then every now and then he'll have a game where he looks like he's one of the best defensive linemen in the NFL. Those games have not happened consistently enough, I would say, for someone who's been the sixth sixth overall pick in the NFL draft. This year's third-round pick, Nathan Shepard, had a pretty big preseason but has been quiet overall. It's really been veteran Henry Anderson, who the Jets traded for, who's been actually uh, pretty exceptional in starting opposite Leonard Williams and has been consistent in getting after the quarterback. Outside of that, you really kind of have a mismatch of uh, guys rotating through an outside linebacker, whether it's Jordan Jenkins or Brandon Copeland or Frankie Louvu. Uh, nobody who's going to you know really jump off the page. The Jets really have to get creative again uh, when they try to manufacture a pass rush. All right, so looking at your secondary here, the Bears, um, the offense, they have taken 17 deep shots in the last two weeks, which is most in the NFL. So I want to know, What's your level of concern? Because I saw your free safety, Doug Middleton, he's out for the season, and he was starting in place of the original starter at free safety, Marcus May, who's out with a thumb. So you're down to the backup's backup. So in terms of maybe your secondary, what's your level of concern with this injury? Yeah, look, the Jets are extremely banged up, and the Vikings were able to take advantage of that last week. They were actually down three of their five starters in the secondary as Tremaine Johnson, Buster Screen, and Marcus May all missed. May will be out again this week, as will Doug Middleton, his backup, leaving the Jets you know, real thin at safety with Jamal Adams and Terrence Brooks at corner. Johnson and Screen will probably be game-time decisions, I would guess. I don't know if those guys are going to end up playing or not, although Daryl Roberts did a pretty good job filling in for Tremaine Johnson, who actually was pretty disappointing in his first few games uh, for for the Jets. Uh, if screen can't go, it'll be rookie Perry Nickerson in the slot, but definitely something the Bears could be able to take advantage of because the Jets are real banged up across the board, but particularly in the secondary. And speaking of that secondary, I mean, they've been very opportunistic so far this year. Uh, Darren Lee, he leads the team with three interceptions. Morris Claiborne, he has two as well, which is half of the team's total between those two players. And I saw that each of them have taken one back for six. I want to know, like, what's the recipe for generating takeaways for this New York Jets defense? I mean, I think it's just been hanging on to the football when uh, when the quarterbacks they've played have made mistakes. Not something they, they've done a good job in previous years, but Darren Lee has three interceptions uh, from the inside linebacker spot, was able to grab two off Matthew Stafford. Morris Claiborne uh, has grabbed a pair of interceptions uh, and just taking advantage when these quarterbacks are, are giving them opportunities to make plays. The Jets dropped a lot of interceptions last season, and they're not dropping them this year, which has been encouraging to see. Uh, and they've actually been able to convert them directly into the points prior to this year. The Jets had not scored a defensive touchdown since 2013, and they've scored two in the first seven games this year, which has been exciting to see. Sure uh, and hopefully they can continue to keep that up if they're going to keep pace as a seven-point underdog this week. For sure. Now, I'm looking, and I see that over 30 points per game has been given up in the last uh, three out of the four outings. What's behind some of these issues on defense? Because 
looking at the stats, they're the fifth best defense on third down and also the fifth best defense in the red zone. So something isn't really aligning here. Is it perhaps just not being given a good hand with the offense turning it over to the third most in the NFL? Yeah, I think that's definitely been a factor in it. I think the injuries are, are helping compile the problems as well. Uh, you know, against the Colts, they gave up, you know, a ton of yards and kind of gotten to prevent maybe a little too early in that game and let Luck uh, run up some points uh, in the fourth quarter when they had a double-digit margin that I think might have skewed those a little bit. But yeah, they've been turning the football over a lot and not always setting their defense up for success and been a little inconsistent on special teams as well uh, in putting their defense in a good position. All right, so real quickly, on offense, uh, can you paint a picture of when the offense is when it's clicking, when it's working, how's it working? What's it, what's it going through? Usually they're they're hitting it on the uh, on the running game, and you know Crowell and Powell are ripping off you know big runs consistently to create a little more space in the passing game. And Darnold is then spreading the football around, you know, to Anderson outside the numbers, to Chris Herndon over the middle of the field. They're mixing in their screen game, uh, and usually a big Jets game involves Sam Darnold hitting Robbie Anderson for a big touchdown down the sideline. He did that against the Lions. He did that twice against the Broncos. When the Jets are hitting on that big play, everything seems to open up from there. Uh, and if they could get him and Herndon going at the same time with some type of running game from Crowell, they should be able to rack up a decent amount of points. Finally, a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic, our first system that detects snoring, then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com. What about the same thing about the defense? I think defensively, they're going to have to force turnovers. I think Trubisky, you know, obviously has made some plays this year, but I think he's definitely going to throw you some in the passing game. And it's going to be a matter of hanging on to it and, you know, finding a way to generate points off that. So taking advantage when Trubisky is going to make mental errors and forcing a couple turnovers, I think is the only way the Jets are going to be able to get an upset. Sure. Is there anything else about this team that we should know heading into it? I know you cover them, uh, you know, all year long. So you know this team way more than we do. So anything else about the Jets that you think would be pertinent heading into this game week? I mean, I would say the Bears are definitely catching them at a pretty good time. No Quincy and Nua, uh, no Marcus May. Uh, unlikely Bilal Powell's going to play. They're so thin at receiver, they had to go out of Bashard Matthews. And then he'll, while he will be a welcome addition, he's still going to be getting himself up to speed. You know, I think this is an offense that's probably a little better uh, than they, I would say people expected them to be. And then maybe the advanced analytics show. And I would say it's a defense that's not quite as good as the advanced analytics show. I would also say Todd Bowles is a ridiculously conservative coach, which drives Jets fans insane. So I would look for some potential punts inside the 50 yard line or decisions to kick a field goal. And it doesn't seem to make sense. Uh, the Jets are not an overly aggressive team when it comes to coaching and game management. Does that kind of get on your nerves as well? Kind of sounded like it. Oh yes, it absolutely does. <laughs> All right, so I just have one more question. It's a two-parter. It's how I end every get-to-meet-the-opponent episode. Uh, the first part of this question is, what do the New York Jets need to do in order to come away with a victory this week? I think for the Jets to get a victory this week, they're going to have to win the turnover battle. They're going to have to hit a big play down the field to Robbie Anderson. It's going to be big plays that's going to allow them to overcome being this type of underdog and being this banged up. Um, so win the turnover battle, win the special teams battle, hit a big play down the field to Robbie Anderson, and I think the Jets then could maybe steal one. 
All right, and then, of course, the flip side of this question would be, what needs to happen for the Bears to win, a.k.a. the Jets lose? I think the Bears are going to win if they could get after Sam Darnold, force him into a couple turnovers, get the Jets in a spot where they're playing behind and have to abandon the running game. Uh, and Trubisky avoids any bonehead plays and is able to protect the football and they run the offense uh, you know, through Tariq Cohen and Jordan Howard and keep the chains moving. All right, good stuff. Thank you again, Joe, for taking some time out of your day. I know you have a very busy schedule to provide us with this very first-hand account of the New York Jets. You know, I really appreciate it, and I know our listeners do too. And just in case, you know, any of our listeners are looking to stay atop of some Jets news this week, a big reason why I was excited to bring you on is because I love your website. I love what you do on Twitter as well. How can our fans follow along this week if they want to kind of stay up to date with our opponent? Uh, the website is uh, turnonthejets.com. Uh, you can check that out. It's updated every day with new articles and podcasts. And on Twitter, uh, you could follow my constant ranting and raving at Jay Caparoso, C-A-P-O-R-O-S-O. Um, and we're also on Instagram at turnonthejets underscore I-G. Perfect. Great stuff. Thank you again, Joe. And you have a good rest of your night. Thank you for having me. All right, Bears fans. I hope that you enjoyed that discussion about this week's opponent. Thanks again for tuning into the show and make sure you show your support by leaving a review over on iTunes slash Apple podcast. But until next time, bear down Chicago. Bear down, bear down.